Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, welcome to another podcast week. I'm really, really honored today. Um, We have a beautiful Hannah Hammond. On Hammond, is that how you say your last name? Yeah. Yep. On with us today. And she reached out to me through Facebook. We actually met in a Facebook group that we'll probably mention later in the podcast. Um, and she said, Hey, if you're looking for guests for your podcast, I'd be happy to share my story. And so um, we booked pretty quick. And it's, it's really, really awesome to have you here. Thank you. The more women we have sharing their story, the more walls we break down, right? That's my theory. (laughs) So thank you so much. Um, All right. I'm going to read a little bit and then we're going to talk. Sound good? Yeah. Great. All right. So unplanned pregnancy. My skin would stretch. My back would ache. My breasts would drip. My womb would contract. And then unconditional love for a child a responsibility not to be taken lightly, lightly. Or abortion, a swift goodbye, an empty womb, an aching heart. And then unconditional love for myself, a responsibility not to be taken lightly. Unplanned pregnancy is part of the reality of being human. There isn't one way to decide whether or not to have an abortion. And similarly, there isn't one way to heal after abortion. For those of us who've chosen abortion, unconditional self-love is the fuel that will lead us to the resources we need to heal and thrive. We have to believe that we're worth it. We have to believe that there's something out there that will resonate with us. We have to keep looking until we find the thing or the things that relieve some of the pressure and give us hope again. Some of us will stumble upon the solutions we've been seeking, and others will search. The first thing we try doesn't always work, but that doesn't mean we're broken. It means we have to keep looking. Our will to heal and to thrive again after abortion doesn't come from outside. It comes from our decision to think thoughts like, relief is accessible, there are people and tools that can help me, I'm going to find the resources I need. Today, I'm going to learn something new. I am committed to loving and choosing what's best for me. And that's it. That's all I have today. A short one for us to start with. (laughs) So welcome again. Um, I just really wanted to start us off because I know you've used a tool that we haven't talked about on the podcast um, yet for your own healing journey. And um, I say many times in my work that there's not one way and that even if you feel like you've tried all the things, keep trying, it's worth it. It feels amazing when you find the things that start clicking into place. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Sure. So do you wanna start by um, sharing with us any parts of your abortion story that you're comfortable sharing and then what the journey has looked like for you? Sure. Awesome. Uh, so 
I got pregnant in 2017. So it was all, it was like two and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and I was living in Georgia at the time. This is before all the like abortion laws and stuff were happening. Um, and I, I got pregnant and my husband was living in New York city for the summer. And, um, he was like about a week from coming home from his internship. And I texted him and was like, uh, so guess what? I'm pregnant. And he was like, you're kidding. And I was like, not kidding. <laughs> Here's Wish I was kidding. <laughs> and, um, and he weirdly enough, he was on the subway about to go underground and he was like, I will call you as soon as I get up. So it was like a comical, now it was very comical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he ended up coming home early from the internship and, um, we um we decided to terminate and so i went and i we went to atlanta because we were in northwestern georgia um and yeah so i did had the abortion and i knew that i like needed to i knew that i had to do some sort of like personal work because one of the reasons why i made the choice not to have a, a child was um, I could barely take care of myself. I had just gotten um, an, uh, my first like professorship out of grad school. I was full of stress and anxiety. And like, it was just like, I was not at a place where having a baby in my relationship, one was going to help it. And my mental health was not at a place where I could take care of anybody else. Yeah. So, um, so I knew that I had to do something because I knew that this experience was going to I, you know, like it was going to go to one of two ways. I could either <laughs> burn and like be miserable, or I could like really take this as an opportunity to like grow and change from it. And so, um, I found Cassie Underwood's book, Make Cause Love on Amazon. And I was like, mm. amongst all of the kind of religious books that you find when you Google, Google, <laughs> it popped up and I was like, Oh Lord, I'm going to take a chance on this and hope that it's like, helpful and like within the first I think three sentences of that of her response email to the the I don't know if you've read the book but she starts out with an email that someone sent her and then she has a response to it and within yeah. like three lines of that email I was like yep made the right choice this is the book I need oh so glad yeah. so I and that book is all about kind of her quest her spiritual journey to like finding meaning through her abortion and she kind of covers a lot of stuff like the Mazuko Kuyo um, ritual from J Japan. And she does a, there's a Catholic retreat, Rachel's Vineyard. She does that. Um, oh, I didn't she, know she did that. Yeah. I, okay. It's so embarrassing, but I haven't <laughs> read her book. When uh, I decide I had my abortion, I decided I was going to write a memoir uh -huh. and I was like, I can't read anyone else's books. Oh, sure. And but that was a long time ago. And I keep saying like, I need to write, I need to read her book. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so it's I, I didn't know she did Rachel's Vineyard. Oh, yeah. that's so interesting. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so she keep going. <laughs> a, whole, a whole bunch of different kind of like spiritual workshops and reads a lot and has a mm -hmm. lot of information. And for me, I was looking for something like that. And the Mizuko Kuyo chapter and her chapter on grief in particular were really two things that stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ordered myself like the little Jitsu statue um, mm. kind of goes along with the Japanese ritual. It's a little Buddha guy. And, um, and yeah, so I was like looking for some sort of healing thing. I started working with Cassie and um, at, through that work, I kind of remembered this thing that had uh, popped up in my life when we'd first moved to Georgia and that had um, 
sort of the, when I found out I was pregnant, the first feeling I had was like, you need to go to the labyrinth. I didn't oh, know what wow. a labyrinth was. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I knew that a labyrinth was a, a maze, you know, like, but two years earlier when we moved to Georgia, my husband was looking for stuff for us to do. And he was like, oh, there's this labyrinth thing that used to be an amphitheater. I teach theater. He's, he's like studied theater. And so he was like, let's go and let's see this amphitheater. And so we went and I was like, oh, this is cool. Never thought about it again until I found out I was pregnant. And I just felt this really mm. big pull to go to the labyrinth. Um, and so I started going and I basically went once a week for about nine to 10 months Wow. Yeah. And like walked myself through the healing and grief and all of that. Um, yeah, that's sort of the like. So did you go with the intention to heal or did you go because you heard the message I'm supposed to go and you just went and you just showed up and you just yeah. said, I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time, the first, when I, like before, well before I was pregnant, we went and there was like a sign that said a labyrinth is used as like a walking meditation. The idea is that the center is yourself. And, you know, it's one, the, the difference between a maze and a labyrinth is kind of the maze is built to confuse you to get to the center. Whereas mm -hmm. the labyrinth is you're, you're finding like, there's only one way to the center. Yeah. It's meant to find your center basically. Oh, so wow. one, path yeah. one path out. Um, yeah. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, you need to go to the labyrinth. There's just a gut feeling. And I ignored mm -hmm. it. As Wait, as soon as you said it, I heard like, oh, message from soul, <laughs> baby. <Yeah. laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm always hesitant to say because some women are not into that. But yeah. yeah, that was like the first thing I heard. I'm yeah. like, oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I didn't go. I ignored it. Yeah. I, and yeah. I didn't. And then the second time was like about two weeks after the abortion, we had like, we had just gone to Chattanooga and had all these books and Robbie was like, what do you want to do today? And I was like, let's go to the labyrinth and sit under this big oak tree and read. And this is August in Georgia. And he was like, mm. it's way too hot. We're not doing that. And I was like, okay, you're right. But then a couple of days, a couple of weeks or something later, I actually ended up going. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the first time I went. Um, but yeah, it was like, I brought, I used to do, um, I made it like, there's no wrong way to walk a labyrinth. So you can, you can walk the path in, you mm -hmm. can, you know, hmm. wherever you start, you can start in the middle and walk your way out. Like yeah. there's no way to walk wrong way to walk it. And then the other kinds of, I'm guides, so glad you said that. Cause I have always wondered, I'm like, am I messing it up? If I go to the center and come back out, am I like, am I ruining the whole, like, I'm that kind of person who I'm like, how oh, did you do it right? And yeah. so it's actually kept me from ever walking them. Like I see them and I'm intrigued. We have one right in town. Yeah. Um, it happens to be below. And I think part of our Catholic church, which stirs up some resistance for me, but mm -hmm. I still feel really called to it. And I'm not like opposed to religion. It's just not yeah. my calling. So that is one of the questions I've always had when I see it. I'm like, well, I, I want to do it right, but I don't really want to do the research to do it right. So <laughs> yeah, no, there's, I mean, there's literally no way you can walk a labyrinth. Around. Cool. I love that. I mean, and that's just the message of life, right? There's no, right there's no wrong way to do life. You just yeah. jump in, you start here, you start there, you try this, you, yeah. you fail, you succeed, you 
do it again, right? Yes. And figure it out. And so, of course, there's no wrong way, but still, people like me are like, <laughs> I don't want to do it the wrong way. What's, but what's funny about that is like, you also, anything that happens in the labyrinth, you take as a metaphor. So, like, like you said, there's no wrong way to do life. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. Anything that happens in the, the labyrinth is a metaphor for something. Mm -hmm. um, like I had an experience where I was walking it, the, like the first weird thing that kind of happened to me is I kind of created a ritual where I would journal and then I would take the Jitsu statue and I'd stick the Jitsu statue in the middle and I would walk into the middle mm. and I would pick Jitsu up and I would walk out with it, kind of like symbolizing that like my path to myself before and now this is everything afterwards. Oh, and so, yeah. yeah. But then like I decided one day I was like, okay, here's the thing. I'm 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 ready to like leave Jitsu in the center and like walk past my abortion kind of thing. And um so I'm about halfway through and like the labyrinth I was walking um had like a hill on one side of it and there's like a community center at the top of the hill. So I'm like halfway through and usually there's like nobody there. It's always peaceful. All of a sudden these like three boys just come racing down the hill and they like end up on the labyrinth. And they're like running in and out around me and da -da 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 -da. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not leaving Jitsu there because there's all these boys, right? So I'm like running around and I'm walking around them. I get to the center and I quietly pick up Jitsu and I put him in my pocket and then I like continue to walk out. And like about halfway through my walk out, they like zoom back up the hill and then I finish my walk in silence. And I was like, hmm, message from the universe, God, whoever you want to say, not ready to release that yet. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh so goodness. it was a lot of stuff like that. Um, one time I, I finished my walk and, and then I was doing my post walk journaling and a woman came up and she started walking and we like quietly smiled at each other as we like caught eyes and you know she did her walk and I'm journaling and I looked up and I noticed oh man she's pregnant huh. interesting yeah wow. and then another time a couple ended up walking the path with me and I you know finished before them and I like was watching them and I just remember saying like you can have the child that I didn't have like I give that spirit to Ooh. you yeah, you know, so like stuff like that was really uh, like it was just very cathartic mm. um, to kind of walk walk with my grief, to walk with other people, yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of times when you walk, sometimes words will keep coming to you and like repeating over and over mm -hmm. again. So I oftentimes got um, like you are where you meant to you're meant to be, um, sort of like. Elizabeth Gilbert in Eat, Pray, Love talks about that poem um, about like, God, you were always meant to be here or something in with her friend that she like buys the house for or something. Yeah. That, that kept coming up in my head is that like, no, you were always coming to this place. Like this was always going to happen to you. And um, one of the things like I remember laying on the bed when my husband and I were trying to decide whether or not we were going to have the abortion, but getting a very clear like like feeling that like no this baby whoever it was knew exactly why they were here they were always going to do this there was no hateful feelings that you know like they knew that yeah. this job they were never going to live a life so that I could live my life and be mm -hmm. the person I needed to be to like be the mother human teacher whatever um, and you had that experience before you even chose abortion yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was during the conversation so so then I'm curious, um, because I feel like my, my experience is similar in that I knew 
it was how it was supposed to happen. I knew that it was a part of the journey for me and for that baby and all the things. But then there was still sadness and grief. And yeah. Shame. Did you hit all that too? Or was it? Yeah. No, all of that. Because yeah. I had, it, it's what's funny is like that entire summer, I remember having conversations with my mother and I, I knew that I was pregnant, but I didn't want to admit it. And I just kind of like shut that out the whole time until I got back to Georgia and was like, you have to face this school starting. Like you need to like take a pregnancy test and do it. Um, but like that whole summer I was like, I think I've come to a place where I don't want to have kids. And like, I think I'm okay with that. Do, 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 do. And then I got kind of slammed with it. And I had always thought that if I'd got pregnant, we'd just keep it. And you know, that's the way our life would roll. Right. And then when it happened, it kind of like all that grief and the expectations of, of like being a mother and what I thought I was going to do. And like, here I am a professor at a great job, married, I'm 35. Like this is, you do these things, you know? And I didn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't, I didn't want to at that time do it. So like that was part of the healing on the path of the labyrinth was like confronting all of that stuff. And doing life your way, right? Yeah. Because here you're yeah. out, you're like, wait, this is this is what other people do. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, but you had to do life your way. Oh, yep. so, so if you had to like sum up, like maybe it's impossible and some of it you've already explained, but like if you had to sum up, what's the what's your takeaway at this point? Because there probably will be more evolutions of it. But at this point, what's your takeaway about your own abortion experience? Like what's your biggest lesson that you learned from it? God, it was a fucking super, it's like my superpower slash like the greatest gift I have ever been given ever. Like whoever that baby was, thank you. Because I I have so many chills during everything you say. I'm like, (laughs) oh, chills, chills. I'm just like, I'm not, I am, it, it makes me sad to know, like, the person, I, I don't know how to explain it, because, like, I wasn't a bad person before, I just wasn't me, like, I was trying to live a life that wasn't authentic, and now with, like, the stuff that I worked on with, like, fear and grief and, and authenticity and following my gut through Cassie's work, but also walking out through the labyrinth, um, that like I am who I am now. I don't apologize for that anything. Ugh. I don't like my relationship with my husband is like a bajillion times better. Like we are honest and truthful with each other. I I don't apologize for showing up the way I show up anymore. Like oh I, goodness. you know, I just it, it. I feel like myself. Yeah. Like I have been given this like a gift of life. You know. Ugh. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're on sharing your story on the <laughs> podcast. Um, so what do you say to women who are like, they, they're still listening because they're curious, but they're yeah. like, they can't even fathom how what they've been through was a gift. Like they're, they're like, so not where you are. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I like every, you know, it, that like tunnel of healing is the light at the end is much, much brighter because I'm closer, but I don't mm-hmm. think I'll ever like fully be a hundred percent out or maybe I will. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that right now, mm. but like, it's hard. It's easier because I did the work, I think up front, but like I did the work and I think yeah. that 
you just, you, and you have to find how to do the work in your own way, whatever that means to you. Like I have a, I know someone who just, um, just like for medical reasons had to abort their child. Mm -hmm. And like that brought up a lot in me. And I was like, I have to question what now have I not healed? Where's the grief? So it still is coming. Yeah. It's not yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> right. And thank you for, for sharing that because I think some people think like, once I realize it's a gift, once I feel amazing about it or whatever the things are, right? Once I sound like Hannah, <laughs> it'll be, I'll never go back, right? Um, or it's like, free, I'm free, right? But that's not how it works. Like you can feel all the things at one time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're going to come and they're going to go and doing the work in my mind, and you can maybe have a different opinion but for me doing the work is like being willing to face all those things and accept accept them all as like part of your reality like you it all it's all there and yes. we do the work that just means we're here and we're willing and we're yeah capable of i mean we're all capable but we're willing to to feel it really is the big big thing yeah yeah well like so often people are like, I just want things to go back to normal. This is your new normal. Yeah. There is, mm -hmm. like, there is no more what it used to be. This is the new normal. Yeah. And I think that resistance of like trying to push it under the rug and you know, like for some people that's, that's fine. Like you don't need to do lots of work around it. That's totally acceptable too. But I think there's more to it that we don't really ever talk about. We don't get to see this this side of things and like how you can really like grow and challenge a lot of the stuff that comes up yeah so you found cassie's book um mm -hmm. may cause love and we'll link to that and you were called to the labyrinth <laughs> which you and i believe was a very clear calling um yeah. and what else was there anything else that you found as resources that you can share with women because i i just remember feeling like there are none there are no resources. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, of course there were, but like my overwhelming feeling was like, I can't find what I'm looking for. Did you find other things that maybe I haven't found that you want to share with people? I found a lot, a lot of stuff via like the stuff that Cassie talks about in her book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like, I spent a lot of time working with Cassie. I think I worked with Cassie for about a year and a half ish. Yep. Um, after the abortion and she even said she was like if you had like I don't think you would have benefited as much from our work together if you hadn't found the labyrinth so a lot of the stuff that I yeah. found was via working with Cassie in her book she talks about this book um peace after abortion which has a lot of great exercises in it um uh, there's another, I read a lot. I just like went on a Google search, like spiral of like anything and everything I could get my hands on about women who had experienced abortion. Um, Mira, yeah. And I think like that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Mira. Uh, her book is Pour Your Soul. I can't remember her last name though. But that, Pour? Like, like P-O-O-R. Okay. That huh. book I thought was really good. I haven't too. heard of that. Well, what I was going to say is um, there actually is a lot out there. I think one of the scary things is like I giggled at the beginning of the show when you said Google and I was like, oh, Google. <laughs> I think there is a lot out there. It's just there's, there's so much to weed through 
that yeah. it can be really scary to find yeah. it. It can be really scary to even like type in that you're searching. And unfortunately, there are a lot of things out there that seem like they're what you want and they're not yeah. at all. And then you feel deceived and then, yeah. So yeah. Um, I think the more we can share the resources that we've found that feel safe and healing and- um, Yeah, absolutely. And I wrote a lot about my experience on Instagram, which helped a lot. Oh, awesome. So if we go to your Instagram channel now, we can scroll back. Yeah, cool. there's a lot. It's like 2017, 2018 is a lot of where that is. And anything that huh. doesn't like that talks about grief is about the abortion because I didn't start like naming it until like t last year, basically. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 It be a while to kind of. My husband's also yeah. from Carolina. So his, I was like, I don't know how your family's going to react. And they like follow me on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I finally was like, you know what? This is my life. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. doing it my way. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was, that was part of it as well. And talking about that journey on social media, which sounds Yeah. Like, yeah. Beautiful. Um, I'm trying to think of other resources, but those were. Or the is there anything else you want to share with? listeners, anything you felt like, I want to share this, maybe you thought it before we got on, or maybe um, it's coming to you now, or maybe it's coming from your soul baby now, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know, I felt like I didn't fit into any narrative, and I also felt mm -hmm. like I had to pick a side on the pro-choice, pro-life thing, and I, oh, I know. feel like I fit into that, Yeah, and, and especially having had an abortion in Georgia, um, a lot of people when they were doing a lot of like activism stuff were mm -hmm. like, oh, you had an abortion in Georgia. Talk to me about that. Da -da 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 -da. You know, like and wanted me to pick a political thing. And I, I just, I don't identify with that because it doesn't feel like anybody really gets it. Yeah. yeah. And so that to me was something that I think I really was just like, I don't, I don't identify with that. And so it was hard to find resources that did. Yeah. And that's so interesting because it is most of what you find, right? If you're looking, most of what you find is coming from that political advocacy place, which is necessary because we need access, right? And to have access, we need advocates. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's missing the mark on so much of what we're experiencing as women. Yes. And so then you start to think like, well, I don't fit, like you're saying, like I don't fit into any of this. So who am I and who are, are there any other people out there like me? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's the whole movement, um, the pro voice movement, which right. is sort of down the middle and very helpful. That's exhale, right? Did yep. Women of exhale start that? Yeah. Um, but for sure, I think I'm really glad you said that because I think there's a lot of women who are like, I don't, I just don't, f I feel alone. Right. I feel alone. Yeah. And you, and anyone who feels alone and maybe is listening because they're like, oh, this is different than what I found so far, but it's still not where I am. Like, keep looking. Yeah. And maybe it's your voice that the world yeah. needs, right? Like, maybe it's your voice and your message that's going to start the next movement. So um, do your healing so that you can find your courage and speak your truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And speak your truth before you even find your healing, right? Like, like Hannah and I, you know, we're, we find new elements of our own journey all the time. Um, yeah. 
So yes, we're healed enough to be out here doing the work and speaking it out loud, telling our stories and celebrating the gifts of our abortion, which I truly genuinely believe mine was a gift as well. Um, but still got stuff that we're figuring out. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We're human. We're human. Yeah. That's never going to go away, right? I get what I call abortion feels like right before my, I get my period, like in that PMS week, I always uh-huh. have some sort of like abortion feel thing that comes up. Yeah. 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 So I'm still like figuring it out as I go yeah. along. Well, thank you for showing up as you figure yeah. it out. Thank you. All right. Well, I will link to your Instagram definitely. So people can cool. find you or ask you questions if they have questions. Um, yeah. And I'll link to these books for sure. And I hope that we continue to stay in touch and see where all these conversations lead us. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.